Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Robert Stanier, welcome to the Church Times podcast. Thank you very much. Privileged to be here. You've written for our comment section this week about baseball. I'd just like to ask about English cricket in the past, because this sort of baseball obviously represents a, a huge change. And we'll talk in a bit about, about exactly what it is. But how would you say English cricket has been characterised in years gone by? English, well, England's a home of test cricket. Test cricket's always been quite conservative. And amongst test teams, we have tended to be quite conservative. So whereas the West Indies have been renowned for their flair players and Indian batsmen are renowned for being able to flick it brilliantly through the leg side with their intricate wrists, and other people have got mystery spinners. England has never really had a mystery spinner. We play the virtues of medium pace, the virtues of grinding it out, our finest kind of archetypal captains have been, well, Mike Atherton, Alistair Cook. These are very solid, upstanding citizens who defend their off stump and, and shouldn't do anything reckless. And we have had, you know, some some wild cards, but they're, they're kind of rebels. You know, the Ian Bothams and the David Gowers are our rebel people, and we tend to revert to type. I remember that. I mean, growing up playing cricket in school about 25, 30 years ago, we were always taught forward defence was the key stroke, you know, safety first. Don't yeah. get out. I suppose yeah. that's permeated English cricket, hasn't it? That, that yeah. approach. Yeah. And to some extent cricket in, in, in general. But yeah, no, that's definitely been the, the English way. Yeah. Right. That a year ago, everything changed, really, with the arrival of Basball. Can you just first say what that is and, and how it's such a different approach? Yeah, so Basball is, is actually a term coined by a journalist. I can't remember who it is. And Baz is a nickname for Brendan, Brendan McCullum. Now, he was appointed the director of English cricket, and it was a seriously left-field appointment. This is like making Giles Fraser uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury or something, or, or even worse, Giles Fraser, the head of the Evangelical Union. It's a very kind of peculiar appointment. The guy had no coaching experience before. It's certainly in test cricket. What he was renowned for was being very adventurous in one-day cricket. And then he, but he'd done a very good lecture on the spirit of cricket at the MCC, and somehow off the back of that, he got this appointment to be the coach of the England test team, specifically the test team. And he, he said he's not very interested in the one day job because he feels that that's, that's going along all right. He wanted to do this. And so he had an idea of playing the game. And then we'd had a long term captain called Joe Root, a lovely man by all accounts, but he'd sort of been ground down by office. And they decided to give the captaincy to the most attacking player on our side who also was you know, quite a controversial character. Um, in the, He got in trouble with the police. He's always open about his mental health problems, but brilliant attacker. So it's a fusion, I suppose. I don't know what the equivalent of Giles Fraser with, I don't know, Donald Spong or something kind of absolutely bonkers in the church. So you're taking these arch liberals and putting him in charge of the most conservative test playing country. And this is Ben and, Stokes, the new captain. Yeah, Ben Stokes is a captain. So Ben Stokes is a captain. Brendan McCullum Baz is the coach. And Basball is defined by, okay, hyper-attacking, but also the belief that we've underestimated the virtues of being attacking and we've overestimated the fear of failure. And whereas in the old days, if you went back into the England dressing room, uh, having played a bad shot, there'd be someone like Graham Gooch looking at you like you just kind of, I don't know, uh, farted in front of your mother or done something really bad. 
And McCullum just is very, very relaxed guy. And he just feels that if you just play your free with freedom, you will play better than you've ever played before. And so they started taking ludicrous risks, um, more in the start of the one-day game, but doing it in the test matches. And and somehow it worked. We just won, we won 10 test matches on the bounce, having won uh previously we'd we'd won one in the last 17, it come off a series of defeats. So A, it worked, and B, it was fantastic to watch. So so this is and it became known as baseball because it was it was it, even outsiders could see it was an entirely different way of playing cricket. So whatever you call it, there is definitely a new style. And it's starting to get traction. Funnily enough, there's a test yesterday with Pakistan, and they just we just beat Pakistan in Pakistan, which we England never do, uh, or very rarely do, playing in this high progressive way. And Pakistan have just started doing it. They were scoring at five and over yesterday, and they said, "Well, we had a look at how England were going, and we thought we had to refine how we're going about our business." And have we seen that in this Ashes series? We've seen that Basball out in force yeah. as always. We we have England, and the, one of the questions because the Australians have a very 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 good bowling attack. So one of the questions was, oh, it's all very well doing it against the Pakistanis, but their bowling attack's not so good. Can you possibly do this, A, against the Australian bowling attack because they're so good, and B, because this is the most high-profile test cricket there is. So if you're going to fail here, it's failing big, 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 big yeah. style. And they just said, yeah, we'll do it. Um, Zach Crawley hit the first ball of the, the match for four, of the test series for four, and they pushed the their foot down. Now, interestingly, they haven't actually had it all their own way. You know, it's 2-1, it's, it's been very even... Um, but boy, has it been entertaining. And for once, there's a sense that England are... Everyone's responding to us. Normally, we follow the trends slowly, a bit behind. But everyone else is responding to us. And that's why it's so exciting. So people from all over the world are watching our, our tests because our tests are the mo most exciting. And we're talking about the, the men's team at the moment. The, the women's team are also playing the Ashes at the moment. Um, are, are they, do they adopt a similar approach? Well, as it, it's a mix. I mean, I think, yeah, in a way. I mean, I think the women's team, the, the key for the women's team, A, is it's happening at all. You know, the, the, this is high-profile bit, matches being sold out, and we're it's going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Australians. We're looking like we might go down slightly, but we've played much better. They've raised expectations. But, yeah, their opening batters uh, have been more attacking. Tammy Bowman and Danny White have attacked more than um than expected so i suppose a little bit of basketball not quite so extreme though to be fair not quite so extreme and, and have there been critics of this approach even as it's yielded success or people just saying let's rein it in a bit we're going too far there have and and the critics by the way may be right i mean there were there, there have been places where especially in the first innings of the second test we were in an unbelievable position and more or less gave it away with some wishy-washy shots and I think they basically they have gone too far. A few times they have gone too far. But what I'd say, or, or again, if you follow cricket, in the first innings of the first test, England declared in the first yeah. day, which is in a, an aggressive mood, a move of a beyond aggressive order, because quite extraordinary, and and actually was foolish, you know. So it was gone, it has gone too far. But to me, it's kind of fun to be erring too far in the adventurous direction when so long we're kind of cowed by failure. Okay, yes, it has gone too far a few times, but at least we're exploring the possibilities of of being attacking, which we never really there's a whole tr whole tranche of ground which we'd never explored before. I mean, the team came. You know, quite close to losing the series. You know, in within the first three matches, if we hadn't won the, the third match, I mean, 
that takes fear of failure to a, a new level, doesn't it? Because I mean, that would have been something of a catastrophe. Yeah, well, the next one, we could be 3-0 up by now or we could be 3-0 down. I mean, it's been incredibly close. There's stuff yeah. about the, it's the closest Ashes series ever in the histories of Ashes series. So that has added to the compelling entertainment. The next question is, what would happen there? And I suppose there is kind of reining it in a bit. But on the other hand, it has been compelling. People are talking about it. And it was, there was a tweet from A.B. de Villiers, who is interesting because he's neutrally South African. He's not English or Australian. He's also possibly the greatest T20, so the limited overs batsman ever. And he was saying in his tweet, it was in the, the end of the first test, he said, look, don't get me wrong, I love one-day cricket, I love T20 cricket, but this is the cricket I'm getting my beds, extending my kids' bedtime for because they've been putting their bodies on the line for the, for the last five days and it comes down to this. This is fantastic. And what's so interesting, so it's kind of bringing people in and people are honouring it and... You know, McCollum's right. If eventually, if you lose, look, I really want to win the Ashes, but eventually, if you lose, how bad is it? You know, how bad is it? No one's going to die. <laughs> it's it's a game. Sure. And are there lessons here for the Church of England? Do you think? And do you sometimes have too much fear of failure or, or a safety first approach, or do we need to learn to sort of yeah? I mean, be able to make mistakes. I, I, first, a bit of a. You got to be, on the one hand, you've got to be a bit careful. But I was thinking about on the fear of failure one. I think there's something about formats, so I'll come back to. You, but on the fear of failure one, I think it was in the 80s. There's a bishop called Colin Buchanan, and he was a bishop in uh, Birmingham. I think he was a suffragan bishop in Birmingham. And he tried, he, he hired out, have you heard of this? He hired out Villa Park for a Billy Graham mission. Uh. Yeah. And he hired Villa Park and it was basing he was basing it on the idea that they'd get thirty thousand people attending and there'd be an altar call and you know, I guess thousands of people come to Christ and it's all quite confident. And basically I think it was a disaster. They they didn't, you know, they sold out three thousand out of thirty thousand. It felt awful because it was an enormous empty stadium. And he offered his resignation to the Darson Bishop, who accepted his resignation. And on the one hand, this was a colossal blunder in the, in a sense. But I sometimes think you know, shouldn't we all have done a colossal blunder trying something out? Okay, they lost, they would have lost some money, but probably not that much money. It's not like a, a you know, it's not like a five-year post. It was just hiring it out. It just felt bad. But maybe we should be honouring people more who have a kind of a go and, okay, it doesn't come off all right. But then instead of sacking him, saying, yeah, go for it, don't worry, try another one. So that's on the on the attack. The other one I think is interesting is, uh, fresh expressions. We, I think we quite often think the key to church life is trying a new format. So uh, not enough kind of people are coming to our service on Sunday morning. So let's try one out on Sunday evening or try one out on Saturday night or Saturday at four or whatever it is. And, you know, that can be good. That can be good. But often we, we come up with the same problems that people don't come. You know, OK, they don't come on Sunday morning because there's many rugby, but they don't come on Sunday afternoon because they're at their friend's house for dinner or whatever. So So there's no kind of golden place to go and cricket has been tying itself up in knots with new formats so they created a hundred the hundred which is an entirely new format and they think this is the way to go to save cricket and in fact the, the thing which is driving interest in cricket is not the hundred it's not in any of these new formats. it's old-fashioned tech like test cricket has been playing for the last hundred years in terms of format in terms of mindset the format's not going to change, but the mindset behind the format is completely revolutionary. And that's really exciting. And there may be something in that. You know, we've got 
Or also, we just thought we understood test cricket. We thought we knew what we were doing. We thought we'd explored all the possibilities. And as well as just showing, we haven't, we haven't explored half the possibilities. And is there something, even in traditional ways of doing church, where we just haven't quite explored all the possibilities? I think there's something in that, which is which interests me anyway. Do you think there's anything said about senior appointments in the church? You, you mentioned Brendan McCullum coming in as completely left-field appointment. Um, some people say the church is increasingly appointing people with a managerial mindset. I mean, I... I do you think that's a, a valid criticism? I, I I tell you what, it's probably beyond my pay grade. If I'm honest, I just don't really understand how how appointments happen at all. I mean, I think there's some kind of list which people get on, and I I don't know how it happens. And and it should be, I suppose. The next interesting thing is you've got to be careful with charisma. I mean, look at Mike Pilavacci, you know, so a leader, but there's a, there are huge problems with the charismatic leader. And you need structures and you need places to work that out. So I'd be careful on that sense. On the other hand, yeah, do, do we want a few crazy saints as opposed to managers? Yes. But you, surely you couldn't be an inspiring saintly person as well as being good at management. And McCullum can play good play test cricket. I suppose I may, maybe I've overdone it. But I suppose on a clear, on church appointments, it's beyond me. I don't quite understand how it happens, really. But that's my naivety. Yeah, that's my naivety, really. Sure, sure. Just just back to cricket. I mean, you've been very involved with the, the Church Times Cricket Cup and you, you wrote a brilliant piece that won the Wisdom Writing Prize on Southwark's and um, the Year of Southwark's yeah. Glory, I think we titled yeah. it. Um, I'd just like ask you about the value of, of cricket for yourself. As a, I mean, a lot of clergy seem to value cricket. What, what is it about it, do you think? I, I think it could be cricket. It could be something else. But for and it's it's sort of your background, but it's like when we played this game the other day on the Monday, I had quite a lot on in my personal life because my parents are sick, and I had quite a lot on in the parish. But then for six hours, all you kind of focus on is which way the ball's going, uh, are they hitting it through mid wicket? Could you put a fielder there? Can you catch it? Can and it just takes you out of yourself. And as it takes it out of yourself, you can have these nice conversations. This is a little bit of a stereotype, but men are quite good at having conversations shoulder to shoulder rather than face to face. So you're each on the boundary looking in at stuff. And then you might kind of, you know, a few things might come up. As someone says, you know, I'm sorry, but your parents are sick and it's nice. So there is a combination of a little bit of pastoral get together, but just taking you out of yourself. And I think for some people it'd be done a different way. You know, they do it in a bridge club and it, it just, that they focus it. But for, for, for a lot of us, cricket is a brilliant way of doing it. And I suppose it's healthy. You get out in the open air, all that stuff. But it's, I think it's one way which can be a total joy. Yeah. And then this match um, was on the 26th of June, wasn't it? This was a number of different... We haven't managed to get the Church Times Cricket Cup going again, sadly. But this was a, a number of dioceses represented. Yeah. I, and I suppose it came from... It's partly because quite often the problem with the diocese in the old days... A, you had people who'd all play cricket at school, and B, everyone was male. So, of course, you can always have female, we'll always take female players, but the, you're less likely to have learned to play if you're a woman of a certain age. These days, more and more girls are playing cricket, but that's probably not the case for people who are now in their 30s and 40s. So we had, haven't got quite enough the numbers. A lot of Darcy's have got five or six skin cricketers. So this is a brilliant woman called Jane Inglis just said, look, can we get together and let's see how many cricketers we can muster. So there were there were sort of cricketers that we got, as it happened, 23 or 22, 23 cricketers from five different dioceses. And you could put together teams out of that. So there's one which is sort of Southwark and Friends and one which is Oxford and Friends. And we got together. And the idea is in the, the fourth Monday of June, we're going to meet again at the same ground, which is the Fal lovely cricket ground near Newbury, uh, Falkland Ground, which is reasonably central for Southern dioceses. 
and we'll go again. We could even have a go, um, you know, we could put four teams together and have a mini tournament or something like that. And it might be a way of getting there when people can't commit to or just can't get 11 players out. I mean, London can always get 58 players out, but every other diocese struggles to get the, the, the numbers out. And that could be a way going forward. So it's a very enjoyable day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to The Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more.